Hello, everyone. Before we get started, I have a very important message for my audience. Please keep in mind, I have one Instagram account. It's astrologynow underscore podcast. There has been someone who is an imposter who created an account trying to get money out of unsuspecting listeners. It's astrologynow underscore underscore podcast. So please be very careful and do not send any money online. The only place to schedule with me is at innerknowing.yo. Please enjoy the rest of this content and I hope it serves you well. Hello everyone and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez and in this segment I am so excited to talk about the karmic nodes of Rahu and Ketu. I want to say it was also by request. I had this really amazing person reach out to me on Instagram. And if you remember on the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction podcast, I just posted not too long ago. I said, I'm so interested in hearing your stories, send an email, you know, send a message, let me know. I got some emails, it was so much fun to learn about how this transit has impacted you. It's just been so profoundly interesting. And I love getting to connect and I love getting to hear how the cosmos are impacting you and showing up in your life. And I'm always just so amazed by the intuition and insight and awareness that all of you have it's just so magical to connect so thank you for taking the time to do that um and I was particularly moved by this one woman because first of all she she requested to do Rahu and Kritika but she also is a cancer ascendant like me and she was saying she's like I had been dating people in early 2020 and then in late 2020 in December I ended up meeting this person who I feel very seriously about I can see myself being with them for a really long time and I kid you not she met her partner like days after I met my partner and I was like this is too crazy I am dazzled I'm making this podcast in honor of you (laughs) so um I don't want to use her name because I didn't ask permission to disclose her name but just if you're listening to this thank you so much for the inspiration and the encouragement and I'm just so grateful to share this transit with you as another Cancerian person And so this was research that I had already been doing. If you've been following the podcast, I did a segment on women's related issues. And I've I've been doing so much research on this, which I'll make another podcast about. Um, And in that process, I was also looking forward into the future. I was looking at Rahu and K2 and the movement of Rahu and K2. So before we get too far into the segment, first, please remember that I'm a Vedic sidereal astrologer. So you may be hearing Rahu and K2 and you're like, what are you talking about? This is Vedic sidereal astrology. We use the astronomical placement of the planets at any given moment in time. And Rahu and K2 would be the north and south node, but they have differences okay they're going to be different from the from the western system and the vedic system so just please do have that in the back of your mind and if you would like to calculate your vedic birth chart you can go to my website innerknowing.yoga click on offerings and then chart to calculate your vedic sidereal birth chart to see where the planets were placed astronomically at the moment of your birth so getting into this segment. So Rahu and Ketu, they are the karmic nodes of the moon, and they are going to be profoundly important when we're looking at global events. Rahu and Ketu, first of all, they're karmic indicators, but wherever their place is also going to reveal to us where eclipses are going to happen. 
eclipses are like portals, y'all. When an eclipse happens, you pay attention to the degree that it happened in, you pay attention to the time around the eclipse. Really significant events tend to happen around the eclipses. So depending on where Rahu and Ketu are, <laughs> because they're always involved in eclipses, it's going to determine the outcome. Okay, so this is part of why Rahu and K2 are so important. In addition, when we're looking at global events, we want to look at the outer planets of Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus. And we want to look at the social planets of Jupiter and Saturn. And then we want to see how they're all interconnected with each other in a grand configuration. So there's a lot to look at. And when I do these um, types of forecasts, when I do some research and what I'm presenting is I'm going back in time and I'm looking at other times when Rahu and Ketu were in these placements, what was going on, what was happening. And we have to keep in mind that it's very rare that we're going to get a night sky that's completely similar. So we can notice trends, but depending on the placement of those other planets, it's going to create certain results. So I'm going to present some research. I'm going to talk to you about the symbolism of Kritika. And then we'll talk about how we may nav navigate this time and what we can kind of expect. One more thing before we get into Kritika. One more thing. I was watching Mad Men with my boyfriend. I love Mad Men. I never watch TV, but I'm dating a Leo and he loves entertainment and he introduces me to all these amazing shows. So we were watching Mad Men and they were talking about the nurse murders in Chicago. And I was doing research while we were watching the show. And I was like, wait a second, when was this? And he's like, I think it was like 1966. And I go back, no joke, 1966, K2 was in Scorpio, Rahu was in Taurus. I created an entire podcast talking about this. Um, also, the American beauty queen killer was on the loose while K2 and Rahu were in Scorpio and Taurus. Remember, this is when the Black Dahlia occurred, when Elizabeth Smart went missing, and more recently, when Gabby Petito went missing, all during a similar cycle. I mean, we just have to watch out. There's something about Rahu and K2 being in Scorpio and Taurus that we need to really be mindful of, okay? When it comes to women identifying people, we want to be super, super careful, super, super mindful. Um, I've been doing research on Barney Nakshatra, the other Nakshatra I said is associated to women's related issues, and I've found some really interesting stuff that I cannot wait to share with you all on a different podcast because this one <laughs> is devoted to my sweet listener for Kritika. So let's go ahead and get into it. So from September 19th, 2020 through July 12th, 2022, Rahu is going to be in the sign of Kritika. Kritika spans between Taurus and Aries. So again, um, Rahu will be in Kritika from September 19th, 2021 until July 12th, 2022, but it will be in Aries. It will be in the Aries side of Kritika from, let's see, it'll be March 17th, 2022 until July 12th, 2022. So does that make sense? So September 19th, 2021 until March 17th, 2022, Rahu will be in Kritika on the side of Taurus. But then from March 17th, 2022 until July 12th, 2022, Rahu will be in Kritika in Aries. And so we will certainly see after that March date, um, things will shift. Things will feel different 
for sure. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when I discuss this research with you all. And so when I was going back in time, the last four cycles that Rahu was in this nakshatra was February 27th, 2003 until October 23rd, 2003, August 10th, 1984 until March 6th, 1985, January 20th, 1966 until August 20th, 1966, and then April 18th, 1947 through January 29th, 1948. So I went back through those times and I collected some data, found some interesting things. So what is Kritika? You know, we're talking about the times that Kritika was prevalent, but what is Kritika? So Kritika, again, it's a nakshatra. It's a lunar mansion of the sky. And Kritika is associated to cutting. It's associated to sharp objects, to something that is penetrating. It's very sharp, forthcoming, to the point. The deity for Kritika is Agni. <laughs> And there are a few different meanings for Agni, but Agni is the sacred flame. It's the primordial flame of the universe. It's the spark that helps fuel creation, essentially. Um, Agni governs over our perception and our ability to perceive the truth. So when we think of a fire of purification, it's not like you're dirty and you need to purify it's the fire of purification that helps you rid yourself of illusion so that you can see the truth. Okay? It's also going to be associated to that fire within our belly, the digestive fire that you may have heard about in Ayurveda. And the god that's associated to Kritika is actually Kartikaya. Kartikaya is the son of Shiva and Parvati. He's the god of war. And this specific God is amazing because he has so much compassion to those who cannot fend for themselves. So there's this connection to Kritika with standing up for beliefs, standing up for what we believe to be right. There's a, an association to being protective, to protecting. Um, also foster children, taking care of, of children who are not necessarily biologically our own, but we care for them as if they are because they are right they become they become ours and so kritika has that ability and so the other thing about kartikaya is that he rides a peacock and this peacock is said to be associated to control over our senses control over our sensory organs being able to have willpower and courage so i was planning to do this at the end but let's go ahead and do it now what this means, looking at all of this, looking at Agni, the power of our perception, our digestive flame, it's also the fire within that gives us passion and motivation and ambition and drive, our physicality, our athleticism. Then it's also going to be associated to our ability to stand up for what we believe in, our ability to stand up for what we perceive as the truth, as well as controlling ourselves. A good warrior you know, when we look around and we look at the gods of war, right, and in life, the people who approach war and conflict with grace in a way that actually sparks change, they have control over their senses. They can control themselves. They engage in dialogue in a way for people to see their point. But they're also courageous enough that they stand steady and they do not back down. 
They're not just agreeing with everyone, trying to be people pleasers. They say, no, I don't think that this is right. I don't think that this is correct. But there's a certain amount of grace that goes with it in, cer- in terms of their composure. And so a true warrior, they strategize. They think about these things. They think about how to truly overcome an opponent, how to truly get people to see their perspective. And so with that being said, during this cycle of Rahu and Kritika, we may feel overly protective of our beliefs. We may feel overly defensive. We may feel that we have to cut to the point. We have to be penetrating. We have to be sharp. In those moments, become that intelligent warrior. Channel your inner Kartikaya and ask yourself what strategy is necessary because in your life it may be that being sharp and penetrating is the way it may be that strategizing and contemplating before this confrontation is helpful so thinking about what's the most helpful for you on your agenda the second thing is channeling that inner passion appropriately for me if you've ever met me in real life If you've ever followed me on my personal account, I'm actually very, very fiery. And it's taken me, it still takes me a lot of practice to kind of harness my inner fire. (laughs) And what helps me is focusing on love and compassion. I have to turn my mind back to being really loving and being really tender and being really sensitive. And then I also go on a run. I go weightlifting. I go rock climbing. I do physical yoga that makes me sweat. I have to do something to take that energy and take that fire, that agni, and turn it into something else. Because fire is its transformation. We can transform ourselves depending on how we choose to channel that fire. How do we want to channel it? How do we want to transform ourselves? That's another really powerful meaning of agni is that it's the fire of transformation. It can help us change ourselves. And so for me, it's love and compassion. (laughs) It's physical activity. But I know we all have different passions. We all have different abilities and differences and levels of energy. And so we need to find what works for us and how to channel it. You know, it may be prayer, it may be chanting mantra, it may be meditation, it may be taking a walk, it may be talking to your mom. But all of us have something in our lives that when we do it, it helps us kind of diffuse and keeps us from being engulfed (laughs) by an out of control fire of Agni. Okay, so we need to keep an eye on that. We also want to consider the habits right? If Kartikaya is riding this peacock that's associated to control over our senses, if there's been something, if there's been a habit you've been wanting to break, if there's been an addiction that you have, now is such a powerful time to use this agony of transformation to start ridding yourself of that, to start purifying yourself. And when I say purifying yourself, what I mean is stripping away the layers that are no longer authentic to who you are. That's what purification means to me, is it's taking things out of our life, out of our mind, out of our thoughts, out of our habits that are keeping us from being the person we want to be. So in this time period with Rahu and Kritika, it's the time to slice through that, to cut through it to get rid of those habits or addictions that are keeping you from standing in your truth, standing in your highest potential of who you want to be. 
So really try to keep those things in mind. What we're going to see globally is we are going to see, remember y'all, for those of us who search for astrology podcasts and who spend time with astrology and meditation and things like this, we really have a lot of self-awareness and we're doing a lot of introspection and we're doing a lot of self-work more than likely. When we're focusing on the world around us, not everyone is going to be interested in things like this. So we may see people getting engulfed by Agni. We may see people who are going to war for their beliefs. We may see people doing extreme acts to demonstrate their beliefs, which I'm going to share some research on this. People are going to be acting in an extreme way to stand up for what they believe needs defending, right? Like I was talking about with Kritikaya. If they believe that something isn't fair, if they believe that something is unjust, they're going to stand up and they're going to fight for that. And it might not always be in the most composed way or the most graceful way. It might have that um, kind of fiery effect, okay? So I want you all to be mindful in the world around us. I think there will be war. I think that there will be many protests. I think that there will be many people losing their cool. But it's our responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility, you know, but the more that we focus on these things, the more responsibility we have to have control over our behavior. And to try to operate with grace, try to operate with composure for whatever it is you believe in. You know, it's okay if we disagree. It's okay if we don't see things eye to eye. But how are we going to compose ourselves? How are we going to interact with these things? Um, so again, I, I just want you all to be mindful of that and, and have some ideas of how you're going to work with this when the energy shifts. I'm actually recording this on Saturday. So it's September 18th. Rahu has not yet entered Kritika. It will enter Kritika tomorrow <laughs> as I'm recording this. So we'll see how we all feel. Um, but I guess that what I really want to remind you all of is that it's a blessing to have something that you care enough about that you stand up for it. And it's a blessing to have people in this world who are willing to stand up for what they believe in and to say, no, I don't think this is right. And we want to compose ourselves. You know, we want to act with that with that grace and with that compassion try not to get too out of hand try not to do anything too destructive to ourselves or others so that is a little bit of my insight i want you to keep those key words i want you to keep the key words of defense protection fire ignite the warrior these are all things that are going to come up when we move through this research together that I think is so profoundly important. The final thing I'll say before we get into the research is that Kritika is ruled by the sun. So the position of the sun is going to be profoundly important. And I will talk about what I'm expecting to occur through the next couple of months with the position of the sun. Okay. So through the research I did, looking back at those last four cycles, First of all, I did see strikes. There was an airline strike. There was a minor strike. There was a U.S. demonstration against the Vietnam War. And there was a worldwide vigil for the war in Iraq. 
There were many demonstrations and protests against the war in Vietnam at this time. And then, of course, there was that large vigil. So we saw people standing up for what they believe in. They were getting together. The Beatles were super prominent at this time as well, releasing all of this revolutionary music. Of course, there were many other artists producing music as well during this time period. Other things that I saw were, unfortunately many suicide bombers so many that i didn't even write down the dates because there were just so many to record in these time periods there were a lot of suicide bombers usually when people do suicide bombing it's because of a belief it's because they feel so strongly about this belief that they are willing to die okay many suicide bombs there was also a lot of nuclear testing so much nuclear testing that i didn't record any dates which I think is interesting because we just saw that arms race announced with the nuclear submarines. I saw that correlation. Um, Erratic weather. During some of the periods, there were freezes, so record lows. And then there were also record highs during the same type of periods. So erratic weather. John Lennon made a inappropriate and disrespectful comment about Jesus. He said that we are more popular than Jesus. And people did not like that. And that's the part that I think is just kind of cool because people were like, look, you don't respect our God. You can't come here. There were countries that banned the Beatles on the radio. There were countries that banned them from coming to the country. There were Um, people who went with tomatoes and threw tomatoes at them while they were performing. They're like, look, if you don't respect our God, we don't want you around. So despite how powerful the Beatles were, how influential they were, and how many people loved them, these, they stood up for their God. There were people who were like, I don't care how famous you are. You can't say something disrespectful. And so again, we see that standing up for the beliefs And also just pushing back against what was popular. Again, this was like a bad period for the Beatles. As soon as Rahu and K2 moved into Aries and Libra, things started kind of evening out. But these specific periods that I'm sharing with you now, um, the majority of the time Rahu was in Taurus in Kritika, it just seemed to be a pretty intense time for them. Again, lots of nuclear testing. People doing extreme things to stand up for their beliefs. There was a period of time where monks were demonstrating against war and demonstrating against the government by igniting themselves on fire, literally. This was also taking place in these time periods. I thought it was interesting having this connection to fire. Um, And I'm sure some of you have seen the image of the monk on, you know, in flames. And that was actually, that photo was taken later. Actually, I think that that photo was taken a few years earlier, but the incident that I'm talking about happened in 1966, and there was a period of time where this was a practice occurring of that. So again, I mean, it's extreme behavior for beliefs and extreme behavior to demonstrate. The other thing I saw is that it is a time of great independence. India gained its independence from Great Britain on August 15th. 1947 Pakistan also was independent from Great Britain like the day after in August of 1947 Burma gained independence on January 4th 1948 
So during this time period, it was a time of independence for many countries. And it was a time of civil rights. An appeal to the world at the UN took place on October 23rd, 1947. I definitely recommend looking into that if you are interested. It's a really beautiful thing to look into. Very, very interesting. So those were some of the things that I saw. Again, time of independence, people standing up for their beliefs, people showing a lot of loyalty to God, to their higher power. And we also saw these subgroups emerge or these subcultures emerge that were really pushing back against what was popular against the mainstream narrative and the mainstream idea, just kind of rebelling and pushing back, you know? And I think that we're starting to see that now. I think it's something that we want to keep an eye on. Um, The final thing that I'll say, and this is something that I want you guys to be really mindful of, okay? And I think I said the strikes already, right? We talked about the minor strikes, Yeah, we talked about that at the beginning. So something that I did notice is that there were a lot of assassinations, shockingly so. So on July 19th, 1947, the prime minister of Burma and the government cabinet was assassinated. On October 31st, 1940, no, excuse me, October 31st, 1984, Rajiv Gandhi took his office he took office as prime minister after his mother was assassinated so his mother was the prime minister she was assassinated on october 31st in india and that is just tragic i mean that was just an absolute tragedy and both of these events when they occurred i was telling you the position of the sun is very important because it rules kritika the sun is also the government the sun was debilitated during both of these times having an association to saturn On July 29th, 1966, the head of state was murdered in Nigeria. So we just see these leaders, you know, it's really, really terrible. And even in in this um, regard, the sun had this close association to Saturn. So we want to pay attention to the sun. We want to look at the movement of the sun. So these next couple of months are going to be super important. Between the months of September 2021 and July 2022, paying attention to the sun is going to be critical. And so I did look at all of the months, but I feel like it would just take such a long time to cover on this podcast. So I'm going to say a few things. First of all, whenever the sun is moving between a water sign and a fire sign, it's said to be Gandanta. So as the sun moves through Scorpio, when it moves through Pisces, when it moves through, um, I think that those will be the only water signs that it passes through. When it's Gandanta, when it's in the final degrees of those water signs, we want to be super, super careful. The other thing that I want to say is from October 17th to November 16th, the sun is going to be debilitated. The sun represents our world leaders, okay? The sun is going to be debilitated. It's also going to be aspected strongly by Saturn, okay? It's also going to be aspected by Uranus. Uranus is sudden events. I'm October 17th to November 16th, we need to be particularly careful, okay? And not to mention that we have an eclipse on November 19th that we want to be super mindful of 
because the eclipse is going to involve the sun. I hope, you know, that there is no violence with world leaders. I was mentioning the data that I found could suggest that that's a possibility. I really do hope that that's nothing that we have to worry about. But with the astrology, we want to be super, super careful. From November 16th to December 16th, the sun will be in Scorpio. It's going to be conjoined K2 and Mars for some of that um, time. So this is also another time where we want to be really careful with the sun and K2 together. Then it's going to be with Mars. Mars is currently combust. This is another period where we want to be super careful. So really the end of 2021, you guys, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be bumpy. I think that our world leaders are going to be stressed out. And I think that everyone needs to be particularly mindful. On November 23rd, exactly, the Sun and K2 are going to be conjunct. And I think that this is one of those periods that we want to be especially careful of. And we are heading towards another Kala Sarpa. So Kala Sarpa Yoga is time serpent yoga. And when we go through Kala Sarpa Yoga, things change radically and quickly. Um, it is a very karmic period. And so all of this that's happening in 2021 is preparing us for this Kala Sarpa Yoga that's going to take place from December until 2022. So I think that things are going to be radical. I think that people are going to be acting very strongly for their beliefs. I think that people may have that that flamey persona. Um, I think that people, again, they're going to be stepping into their kind of like warrior shoes. And honestly, like we may even see more war and our leaders struggling. So please be mindful. Please watch out for that. Again, I think that big shifts are going to occur into February of 2022 because in Kala Sarpa, this is always a time where things are shifting and changing very radically. So we're preparing for that. So we are going to see the catalysts for that change. And just a little bit past that for when Rahu and K2 move into Aries and Libra, I haven't looked too far back. I haven't looked at as many cycles as I did for this Critica segment. But from what I've seen, there's a lot around space. There's a lot around women. There's a lot around equality for women and LGBTQ. There's a lot around religion. Um, the first black senator was elected through popularity. The first black coach there's a lot of really positive things that we can look at do I think that there will continue to be conflict yes because just logically I don't think that where we're headed is going to be cleared up by then but I do think that there is hope in the future I think that there is positivity to be seen and more equality to come and I think that more awakening to come I do think that we are going to start seeing more of the truth and I think that this fire right this fire of critica this agony of our perception it's going to help us rid ourselves of a lot of illusion that we've been under so anything that's been fed to us that may not be true we're going to start gaining more of a sense of reality we're going to start seeing things more clearly and I think that that's a really positive thing and as I was saying in February 2022, when K2 enters Vishaka, this is ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter will be moving into Aquarius and then Pisces. And so 
you know, Jupiter in Aquarius and Jupiter in Pisces, these are both really powerful signs, powerful placements. And so I'll be sure to continue to keep you all updated. But sometimes things have to fall apart for us to start rebuilding them. And I know I've been saying this a lot on the podcasts, right? Things kind of fall apart so that we can see what wasn't working so that we can begin to reconstruct in a way that's more long lasting. And I do really feel that perhaps things have been so unfair for so long that people are just really starting to see this, you know, and they're really starting to get frustrated and they're really starting to demand a new way of, of doing things um, in many different capacities, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that there's two sides here. I think that there are multiple sides, but I think that we're getting to this point as a society where we know that we need to change something that we're doing. And so I think that we're going to be seeing that. So I do hope that this was helpful. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, I didn't know this, but apparently you couldn't schedule readings with me past November. Somebody um, alarmed me, and so I changed it. You should be able to schedule again. It's innerknowing.yoga. You can go to offerings and then readings. You can also email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow me on Instagram. It's astrologynow underscore podcast, and I'd love to see you on Patreon where I do weekly forecasts for each of the 12 zodiac signs. It's patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. Again, I'm recording this well in advance, which I'm really excited about. But whenever you all hear this on Friday or beyond, I hope that it's helpful. I hope that you feel well prepared in how to channel this warrior fiery energy, using it to your benefit to overcome habits, to, to rid yourself of that weight that doesn't belong to you. So getting rid of past trauma, getting rid of relationships that are no longer serving you, getting rid of things that are no longer serving you, getting rid of addiction that is no longer serving you, allowing this heat of purification to again rid yourself of layers that are keeping you from standing in your authentic truth and reaching your highest potential. I'm super excited to see what you all end up creating. Again, my name is Christine. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.